coming up on Thunder Pop. It's the 83rd episode of the Thunder Pop podcast. And sitting across the table from me, I'm joined in a Rangers uh, baseball cap. I'm joined by the one and only, the boy wonder, Johnny Lightfoot. Hello, hello. Yes, indeed. And I'm Stephen Presley, and it is always a pleasure for me to, to bring you podcast information fun facts a little bit of insight a little bit of a little bit of humor yeah we will interject it where we will attempt and sometimes we uh, complete the pass and other times it's you know this year's dallas cowboys offense yeah just sales pass just sales kind of just sales past the receiver so occasionally we do miss uh we hope to be more like the rams offense yeah (laughs) in terms of humor but this year's Rams offense. Anyway, so yeah, in this episode, the topic, the main topic for this episode is going to be nine questions for Johnny Lightfoot about Star Wars Episode Nine. As we are just about a year away about from it. About a year away, yeah. So I always like to do this because it's kind of like trying to predict the Super Bowl winner before the football season starts. Right. We have not received any trailers. Nothing. No sneak, sneak peeks. Like teaser trailers, which would be like a little short teaser, not giving no, us a whole not lot. Even like a lot of like set images, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people talking, slipping up, but no, no, there's been very minimal, and there's all oh, it's just all fan theories, uh, uh, claiming of of leaks on the web uh, of stuff that we can't verify or not verify. It's just all you know. It's basically Mike Zero on YouTube, and yeah, and whatever he's <laughs> he's claimed to have have unraveled or un, un, uh, un, uh, uncovered. So there's that. We have you know the, a little bit of the fan theories, and mm-hmm. some of the fan theories are right on sometimes. Because if you throw enough things up in the air... Something's going to stick. Something's going to stick. Whether Disney wants it or likes it or not, and whether J.J. likes it or wants it or not, they're going to hit on a few things. They're going to probably hit... Um, I When The Force Awakens came out, they missed on a lot. Uh, the fan theories... I think they actually got more right on the predictions with Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had pre- well, one thing everybody was saying: oh, there's going to be a uh, a battle where uh, two people were going to be helping, like co co battling right. together. And a lot of people thought, well, it'd be Luke and and, uh, and Ray fighting against Snoke and Kylo Ren. Well, it, it, they were wrong about that, but it turned out there was a, a, a co battle, two people helping each other out. It was Ray and Kylo Ren fighting the uh, the guards. Yep, in uh, in Snoke's uh, palace. So that that was right on. There was a dual dual kind of battle scene, which ended up being the best one of the best scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that really stuck with me. So they uh, people a lot of people predicted that or, or had that theory that was going to happen. They were right on about that. There were the things that were obvious after the trailers were out. We knew that Luke was going to kind of be training Ray in, in sort of a Yoda Empire Strikes Back capacity. It didn't quite go the same as, as the Empire Strikes Back version, mm-hmm. uh, but people got that right. But anyway, we're going to have nine questions for Johnny Lightfoot. Because it's kind of more fun for to try to see what you get right before the right. before you have any trailers or teasers where you can really because I know you start getting trailers, you really start piecing stuff together mm-hmm. and you you get a lot of it ahead of time uh, on who's going to die or who's not going to die and stuff like that. So to see what we can get right without the trailers and without mm-hmm. the teasers and speculation. Also, this week, unfortunately, uh, we we had some you know, sad news. The 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 passing of Stan Lee. Yeah. 
just a few days ago. So that was big news this week. Uh, breaking news was that uh, Stan Lee passed away at 95 years old. The uh, the father of Marvel Comics. Um, so yeah, along with Jack Kirby in mm-hmm. uh, in creating the uh, the characters that that come to life in the uh, Marvel universe now in uh, in some, the biggest movies of our day are the Marvel universe films um, that make the, probably the biggest box office makers right now. I'd say yeah, over the last five to ten years, we're really in like a, a golden age of comic books on screen mm-hmm. and. We wouldn't have a big portion of that without Stan Lee. Yeah, yeah, he's is a pivotal in that. Uh, so we're we're going to open with uh, some Stan Lee talk, uh, talking about what Stan Lee meant to a comic book uh, connoisseur like Johnny, uh, and having worked in comic book stores, uh, and what that you know kind of what he meant to to Johnny and what he meant to to a lot of people that are not just comic book fans but also fans of superheroes and mm-hmm. fans of films and because there are different sections of fans when it comes to the superhero genre there's the people that that follow the movies really closely and they've seen every movie but they've never probably read or picked up a comic book then there's the casual comic book fan that maybe they've read a few of the, the big ones here and there or a few books here and there but they don't follow every issue and every series that comes out right and then you do got the hardcore and the people that maybe they're more DC, but they've they they do dip their toes into some Marvel, and the people that are really hardcore Marvel, and they know everything there is to know about Stanley. Anyway, some Stanley talk to open the show, and then nine questions about episode nine for Johnny Lightfoot. Right after this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Spaceship lands. Yep. Here it is. 80, 83, right? I've, 83. Yeah, yeah. I, keep losing, I keep wanting to call it 82. It's 83. I, I'm wanting to take an episode away from myself. <laughs> Cheat myself out of an episode. So Stan Lee, passing away at age 95. He made it a long, uh, long haul. Uh, 95, I always felt like he was going to make that 100 yeah. mark. I kind of wanted him to make He's like George Burns to me. He was a guy that was so, seemed like he was going to always be there. And in a way, he will always be there. But John, uh, Johnny, I mean, Stan Lee, what, what, what do you, what's the first thing I mean, that come to mind for you? Like, on that note, Kevin Feige, you know, the, the god of the mm-hmm. MCU, the overseer, yeah. came out and said, you know, I thought he was going to live forever. Yeah. And I think a lot of people did because he's just always been in in pop culture. He's a con- been a constant, yeah. Uh, even dating back to Mallrats. Like mm-hmm. Kevin Smith had him in Mallrats doing yeah. a cameo. And he's done all of these little cameos in Marvel movies as well, but he's always been there. And even non-comic book fans, mm-hmm. like they, they recognize Stan Lee, whether it's... yeah. It, his look or they hear his voice 
they hear him, you know, say Excelsior, and everybody knows that's Stan Lee, mm-hmm. and he was he was the Godfather, and this is coming from a DC guy who mm-hmm. who dipped in Marvel while I was working at a comic book store, but I always respected uh, his work in creating so much, like all of these characters. Um, the creation of of so much and his legacy both in in the comic book and creation but then also Mm. in bringing real issues that are in our society and and planting them in fantasy Mm -hmm. you know who would have thought in the 60s in the middle of you know all the civil rights issues going on that this guy would create someone like black panther mm-hmm. who is a black superhero who's not only a black superhero but is also a king of a nation yeah and just really empowering uh, people who at the time he was creating these characters did not have empowerment and he mm-hmm. he gave them something even though you know it's fantasy but it, it was something to aspire to you know with the x-men persecution mm-hmm. getting the message out there that there's there's a way that anybody can coexist regardless of religion, race, creed. Mm-hmm. And he was interjecting this into what a lot of people for the longest time considered children's stories. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a great thing he did for society through storytelling, through these funny books. He did some adulting in his storytelling mm-hmm. with the, the, the uh, but still kept the the wonderment and fantasy of of, the, of those characters as well. And you're talking about dipping your being a DC guy that dipped your toes into Marvel while working in comic book stores. Well, Stan Lee was a Marvel guy, obviously that dipped his toes into DC comics a little bit because in his later years as a creator, he actually created a DC series. And it was the uh, the Just Imagine series. A lot of people probably don't know this or remember this, but uh, I think it was around two early two thousands. But he did uh, his own uh, series where he reimagined the DC superheroes like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and The Flash, um, and they were reinvented. The characters mm-hmm. were were different from what we were used to seeing with our uh, original Clark Kent and uh, our original Bruce Wayne. Um, I had kind of thought a while back is if, if the uh, the DC universe that's currently on screen, if that were to fizzle out at some point, uh, at least the expanded universe, because mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can see the Wonder Woman series going on for a while. Uh, I know they're going to do more Suicide Squads. That's probably going to be safe because now the leadership that it's getting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some question marks around, you know, I think... Uh, Batman's going to get a good reboot. Yeah, they're going to retool that. Yeah, with its with its current leadership, that's going to be in charge of that. I have some confidence that they can do some more excellent Batman movies mm-hmm. uh, because of who's going to be involved in that. Uh, the Superman movies, I think there's still some question marks around Man of Steel and what they might. I think they're still kind of figuring that out. Yeah, because Henry Cavill wants to be involved. Yeah, but the problem is Warner Brothers doesn't feel like. Currently, with the current state of 
of their universe that Superman is that important. They want to move forward with things like Supergirl, mm-hmm. uh, Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad 2. They want to move forward with those projects. Um, and Superman is kind of taking the back burner. And that's that. it's really sad. But it's also a part of the reason why in comics, DC's superheroes, they're they're gods they're Mm -hmm. they're they're perfect outside of batman but even batman like how many people can really relate to a billionaire yeah (laughs) who owns a tech company and has all these toys and just happens to be like the perfect physical specimen and all of that sort of deal whereas stan lee definitely went more towards grounded like yeah it's one of the things that always drew me to super uh spider-man excuse me as big of a Batman fan as I am, and I love Batman, and I love Robin, I love the whole history of, mm-hmm. of Batman, is Spider-Man, like when I was growing up and I was reading these in, in my teens and early 20s, this guy with these amazing abilities, and he's just trying to get by. He's mm-hmm. he's he's trying to pay his rent. He's yeah. got like multiple jobs. And he's he's trying to do the right thing, but it's hard. He can't he can't maintain his personal relationships, yeah. and then also financial obligations. It's very relatable for young people. Yeah, for for teenagers and twenty somethings, what his struggles are like. Mm-hmm. And that was what Stanley did with with all of the characters he created was try mm-hmm. to make them relatable, even if they were villains, make mm-hmm. them relatable in some some mean. You know, to where you could understand where they were coming from. They weren't necessarily inherent evil, that sort of deal. Yeah. But what would be, it would be cool is, you know, with this Just Imagine series that he did for DC, is if they wanted to reboot the DC universe in cinema, why maybe they would do maybe look at that and doing something a little different. I mean, you could definitely do that. If I, if I were Warner Brothers and I did that, I would definitely do it more so as like one offs. Yeah, kind of like they're doing this uh, Joker movie with Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Kind of do it as like it's an Elseworlds mm-hmm. because so many people are so tied to the original origin right. of Batman and Superman that it would be offsetting. But if you market it as an Elseworld, yeah, as just a side story, mm-hmm. then it would be much more marketable, and I think it would do really, really well. And they could make them edgier. Mm-hmm. Than what they're able to do with the uh, the primary DC universe, and go you know kind of throw things up in the air a little more as far as what they could get away with doing. Uh, yeah, so that could be something maybe if they wanted to do that. There's Superman Red too, which I would love to see something done with that. That mm-hmm. as far as another DC that would be a really cool like one off, but should be something people aren't familiar with, but it'd be kind of you know different and unique. This is completely separate from the universe. It's mm-hmm. just a one movie thing, that sort of thing I think could do really well and I think DC is probably moving towards trying to do more of that as opposed to making this serialized drama or origin story. stories yeah. that we've seen over and over again with Superman and so they may be already kind of onto that and they may be kind of going more in that direction which people would love and find really fascinating. Uh so yeah, so anyway, that's uh so Stanley uh, has appeared in every Marvel Universe film thus far. I don't think he's missed any uh, of the current Marvel Universe. I don't think he's been not appeared, made in a cameo, and in, in, uh, I don't think he's missed any of them. He's he's at least on screen. Yeah, he's on. He doesn't sc- always have like a line, but has there been somewhere it was like a photo, like a picture of him in the background, maybe mm-hmm. a poster, or he was on a billboard? I, I want to say like 
Deadpool two. Mm-hmm. I want to say he. It was just a. It was when they were in the X Men mansion. Uh huh. So he wasn't actually there. Whereas the first one, he was the DJ at the strip club. Right. He had a more. Some of them he's had a bigger. He's driving a bus in one of them uh, more recently, and and doing actual real or directing traffic as a uh, crossing guard, maybe. But yeah, he's been. So we know he finished his scene for uh, the Avengers. Upcoming Avengers. I believe from what I heard, he's filmed four Mm -hmm. before his passing. So I want to say that's probably... Oh, so there may be four more unseen that still have to come. So I want to say it's it's Captain Marvel. That makes sense, yeah, because that's been finished for a while. Avengers 4. Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home, which also comes out next year. Because they've been filming that now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fourth one could be. Yeah, that one. I lose track of where where would we be? Where would we... What else has been in production? But the three there for sure. Is there an announcement of a fourth in production? No, because we're we're closing out phase three uh-huh. next year. Wouldn't be and Guardians already? No, that's because not, that's on the shelf. That's on the shelf, which is really sad. Yeah, and I don't. I think it's because they're trying to figure out who's going to do it now. Who's going to do it? Uh, if they're going to be able to keep their whole cast, because wow. You know, Bautista has been really public with yeah. uh, James Gunn. Take me with you to WB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ready to go. He wants to follow him to to the WB. So I don't know that that's a really interesting thing. Is going to continue to see how that develops. But uh, yeah, they had some people that were not in the in the cast that were not happy about that, and rightfully so. Because um, I mean, I think they they did James Gunn kind of dirty on that whole thing. Um, and, and his tweets are, you know, inexcusable. No, absolutely. But it, you know, it. We we talked about it a little bit before. It, it mm-hmm. happened a long time ago. You hired him after the fact. Yeah. And then you, once you know this guy came out, like resurfacing mm-hmm. these tweets, you didn't even have the common decency as this huge conglomerate to sit down and have a meeting with the guy. You yeah. just right away axed him and that it like uh, rightfully so like you said upset people who worked for him yeah there's a lot of just knee-jerk reaction um on and just trying to ruin people's careers just for some you know past mistake i mean it was a mistake it shouldn't have happened it was it was it was not in good taste but uh you know they're there were probably other ways it could have been addressed and 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 somehow even punished without you know pl- completely taking his job away at the time. Yeah, you know, like like in sports, you fine them or you yeah. suspend them. They have to pay a. They, a they, they 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 pay something. They pay a fine to a, a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be um, that could take. You know, I think I think his tweets were regarding like child stuff mm-hmm. and. So maybe you you find him and that money goes to some sort of like battered women and children yeah. uh, foundation and and you you water under the bridge sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a chunk of his salary from the last uh, movie that he did with him uh, could Guardians last Guardians movie would go to you know twenty percent would go to the Women's Battered Foundation or something like you said with some one of those types of organizations. So that I mean that would be something that that you could do and then um and then it would be like a at that point it'd be zero tolerance no you know another mm-hmm. tweet you're right. gone yeah 
Like, so you know you've reformed, but we want to let it be known that we're holding you accountable. And mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, he had he had changed ten years ago. He made a tweet all that time ago afterwards mm-hmm. saying, "I'm not gonna." You know, it was mm-hmm. irresponsible, and this was before Disney hired him, and then Disney hired him, and then then it resurfaced due to you know some some media and and I don't think I think people underestimated how much that old stuff from those old social because social media is still kind of something that's still evolving Mm -hmm. and what it how powerful it is or isn't and how much further it can go in terms of helping a person or hurting a person because social media does help people too there's some people that they make themselves a career out of social media Mm -hmm. and now there's people that are ending their careers with social media so it's like you can live by the sword or you could die by the sword but i mean you got these people that are these social media influencers that have built empires Mm -hmm. out of their social media profiles yeah whether it's twitter youtube Mm -hmm. any of that it's there are people out there who make their living just being on social media yeah and i mean it's it's kind of crazy like i would never would have thought 10 years ago that yeah that you could make a living doing that mm-hmm. but and you know that that that's the sort of thing though where there's so many ebbs and flows mm-hmm. because it is so new that you run into these like content creators who were mm-hmm. working with like defy media who just shut down wow and now they're you know like their their money for the last several months they're not getting it Mm-hmm. And it's like they quit their day jobs to do this full time. Yeah, and some of them probably had good jobs. Yeah, and they quit it to be content creators, mm-hmm. and they were under the you, you, these contracts with Defy that they yeah. were going to be getting payment. And Defy just all of a sudden just shut shut their doors, and and these content creators, a lot of them are like, man, I can't even pay my rent now. I mean, I'd be over like the Texas Workforce like Commission after that, and I'd be like, what was your uh, your most recent job? Uh, I was a content creator, mm-hmm. and then like the lady would just look at you and be like, "This writing up your your application for." Yeah, I went over Star Wars theory on YouTube. Yeah, had thousands of subscribers. Yeah, I was making. How much did you make on this? And I was making oh about uh, um, to a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand annually for doing. They're gonna be looking. Squinting their eyes, kind of looking at you like, but what, 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 like, what did you? Uh, I just recorded some audio about some theories and then put some photos on like a slideshow and got thousands of people watching it. So, yeah, if you could find me something in that <laughs> yeah. kind of that range, that's what I'm looking for is something with that ex- background experience that I might be able to do, do that again with another company that probably place. So, for you, Johnny Lightfoot, speaking of, uh, Content creation. We're we're creating content right here, mm-hmm. and we're going to create the content that asks the nine questions about Episode Nine. Star Wars. 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 Star Wars Nine. Starting with, and you don't know any of these questions until nope. just now, maybe, when I put them up on the screen. Coming in coming in blind. I'm not even going to read them. Yeah, you like it better that way. You'd rather be surprised. I might not even ask these questions in the order that I wrote them. That's how even, wild and even, crazy even I'm even feeling better. today. So, the first question for you, number one. Fan, theory has, fan theories have erupted here recently on the web that Ray might have possibly killed her own parents 
and then blocked it out of her mind. Kind of over the over sort of a sort of bad memory thing that you try mm-hmm. to block out of your mind. When that uh, flashback scene that we see with the spaceship being lifted off and that you see the young Ray and she's having this traumatic flashback, the theory has always been that that was her parents in that ship and that they were mm-hmm. being maybe taken away by somebody. Well, the fan theory has erupted that, that Ray used the force to bring that ship back down and crashed the ship and killed her own parents. Hmm. So with that fan theory... We'd find out, finally, the big reveal would be in, in this episode nine, that Ray would find out that she maybe is not that different from Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, in that she's has kind of a dark past herself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my question for you is, will we find out in episode nine that Ray killed her parents? I think if, if we do, it won't be that whole spaceship thing. Mm-hmm. Because, like Kylo said, like they sold you off. They 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 were drunks, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was lying. I don't. Yeah, you don't buy into the theory that he was just giving her some business on. Yeah, that. I I think he, he he wasn't lying, and I think she kn- she knew mm-hmm. she knew her parents were dead and was mm-hmm. trying to block it out. The the circumstance for their deaths, though, I think. Could be that that she killed him. I I can't say that I would like that, and I don't know that JJ mm-hmm. would do that. Yeah, because that's pretty dark. That could be a little bit dark. Yeah, to have, yeah, a small girl kill kill him. I I think it's 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 much more likely that what Kylo said happened that they they sold her to Unkar Plot, mm-hmm. and then they just went to the sunset and they died poor and. She just didn't want to believe it. So that they, they are dead, but not that she killed him. Yeah, is what you you were leaning towards. Yeah. Okay. Number two, will Luke Skywalker be alive in Episode Nine? Now, that's a question that kind of can be broad because he could be alive, but maybe he still died in eight and comes back to life in nine. And that's been a theory that's also been bounced around because of some of the canons that are available for them to pull from. Uh, there's a current book series right now, I believe, where um, the Darth Vader is attempting to use the Force to bring Padme back to life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still a developing series right now, that, so we don't know how that's going to play out. But because of that now being made canon in some of the stories, there has been some fan theories that maybe there would be, would be an attempt to bring Luke Skywalker back to life using the Force in nine. So on that one, I would give it a five to 10% chance. He's still alive. Very small, very small. The, the main, uh, reason I would even put it there as opposed to zero would be Mm -hmm. when he disappears, his clothes and his glove and everything go with him. The only thing that gets left behind is just his like over robe, the over robe, everything else disappears. Yeah. Whereas when Obi-Wan and Yoda, become one with the force mm. all of their clothes stay behind so did he just teleport somewhere right because now kylo knows where he's at because he read ray's mind so he knows where luke's at so did he help them escape and then use what was left of his strength to 
like do a forced teleportation or something. Yeah, to move his location. Yeah, because he knew that by the time Kylo Ren was gonna and the and the uh, the the first order is gonna figure out where he was at, and he was gonna have to. And he didn't have a, a working aircraft or spacecraft to get out of there, so teleporting would have been his only way. And so if, that, that, if, he, if he prescribed and, to that, and that's the, that's the only reason I give it even the five to ten percent mm-hmm. is is the way it happened and that sort of thing. And Ryan did bring about new force abilities that we hadn't seen before. Absolutely. So could that be one that he discovered in all of his time learning? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, that's the only reason why I give it that percentage. Mm-hmm. Still very low. Some people would say you can do more with the character as a force ghost yes. than you would be able, like some new creative surprising interesting things yeah because you, you showed in in eight that a force ghost can manipulate the physical world mm-hmm. the way yoda does so making luke a force ghost that can manipulate the physical realm mm-hmm. does make him far more powerful than him being alive yeah so there, that's kind of interesting there number three will there be a harrison ford cameo in episode nine no so the reason why I bring that up is there were some theories that J.J. may try to offer a flashback scene where we see where Luke leaves and takes off to go start the, the Jedi mm-hmm. training school that he did, and that we would see an interaction between him and Han Solo um, before that would ha- were to happen. Kind of like a flashback they did with, with Luke where we see what happened, where things kind of, where hell all, all hell broke loose at his Jedi school. With him and his his uh, nephew, if they did it that way, I would not be upset. I just I don't see how they could get Harrison Ford to come back, unless he shot it before he was while he was filming Seven. True, like with that, JJ. that would be the only way because, like when I predicted Harrison was going to die, mm-hmm. the whole thing was it's because I watched the the press junkets and he just seemed way too happy. Yeah. And I feel like he was like, finally I am done. I am out. I don't have to, to do star Wars. I don't have to talk about star Wars. I'm done. Which I, I'm surprised because I'm, I'm still surprised by that because it's kind of like the thing with me with like the Bill Murray thing, like Bill Murray was adamant about not ever wanting to come back and do another ghostbusters. And they courted him and basically stalked him, Dan Aykroyd, for years to get him to do another Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to kind of do it justice, being that 2 was always considered to be kind of a um, subpar sequel mm-hmm. to, a, to a classic comedy film, action comedy film. And they wanted to kind of do what like Rocky Balboa and Creed did for the Rocky series in redeeming the series by making a good sequel after a bad sequel. Mm-hmm. They thought, well, we can make a good sequel. And they could never get him to come back to do it um, maybe they just never had the right script in front of him to to make him interested. But I always surprised. I was always surprised with that because I was like, well, he did these other movies like Charlie's Angels, and you know, same thing with Harrison Ford. I mean, he did some movies that were some stinkers. That I mean, he did. Okay, this is the best example. He was willing to do an Expendables movie. Mm, true. And take over, and he, not even a, a part. It was it was taken over. Uh, the last minute for Bruce Willis. Or no, it was, I think it was not Bruce Willis. It might have been for someone else. Possibly for Bruce Willis. But he took someone's spot that, that had a fallout with Stallone because of uh, their salary demands. 
And so he took that role and was like, he'll do Expendables. Um, There's a few others that I can't think of right now that are kind of in that same range of movies that are not the most highbrow. So I've always been surprised. And he's totally fine with more Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, he definitely so I never understood why it was Star Wars where that was just kind of like his, okay, fuck you, I'm not doing this again. Like that, that to me was always a. Well, I think it was as big of a phenomenon, like as great as Indiana Jones is, it's mm-hmm. not even close to Star Wars. Like In terms Star, of popularity. Yeah. yeah. Like Star Wars, yeah. there was a, there was like a six, seven year window in the late seventies, or early eighties where that was probably all he heard was people Star Wars. asking him about yeah. Star Wars. Star Wars. And then yeah. it, I mean, as a, at the time, up and coming actor, like you don't want to only be known as one character. Right. And so he got lucky, you know, he did Indiana Jones and mm-hmm. then he, he got some other stuff, the, the Jack Ryan things and, or not Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan. either way, he, he got some other work, mm-hmm. Fugitive and all of that stuff. And it was well-placed, like he was a good timing of everything came in at the right time like he did indiana jones and it was a hit and it was the perfect thing to do after he had been doing the star wars Mm -hmm. because it was enough of familiarity it was still a little bit of that han solo enough for audiences to feel comfortable going to see it that were star wars fans but it was also enough of a different story and a different character yeah george lucas still being attached to it and Steven Spielberg being involved with it, it was a, just strategically. It was he was placed in the right spot at the right yep. time for him to to get away from a little bit from Han Solo, just a little bit, and then be able to have a a movie career that wasn't just Han Solo, right? You know, a real movie career. And then yeah, he did hit the Fugitive, the Jack Ryan's Witness, which was a critically mm-hmm. acclaimed film. Um, I mean, some would say he never really was like the uh, the character actor. That got you know no. hidden in his roles, um, and you wouldn't be able to recognize him. Uh, it's not yeah, Daniel like, yeah, Day yeah. Lewis. Yeah, like you had like Air Force One, mm-hmm. things like that, and you're just like, oh, it's still Harrison Ford. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's enough of a, a balance of a guy you can believe is like the man on the street, but then also a little bit of that John Wayne, and there's a good enough balance between the two to where he. Was able to do a little bit of the the you know I think it was was it uh, working girl with Sigourney Weaver. He was able to do some of the more uh, dialogue driven, scripted films that were more story driven, and not just have to do just action films. And what's crazy is a guy who didn't get the Han Solo role, Kurt Russell, yeah, kind of had the almost the same career path. Yeah, just having these you know action thriller movies all throughout the eighties and nineties. And they they both had great careers. Yeah, both and they're both still around. They both still work. They both still they're, they're both still getting uh, calls for jobs. Uh, so anyway, that's that one. So you say no, probably not on Harrison no, Ford cameo. Not unless it was previously shot or they have some some footage somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of applies to that footage that was laying around somewhere. We know that there is going to be a General Leia in Episode Nine because of footage that J.J. Abrams found and figured out a way to repurpose them mm-hmm. for Episode Nine and use the unused footage, which is to me is one of the most intriguing things about Episode Nine right now. Just in the uh, pre um, pre trailer stage, mm-hmm. uh, is I'm curious how they're going to do that and how that's going to play out. But will we finally get a face-to-face between Ben Solo, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, 
and his mother, General Leia, in Episode Nine. I kind of feel like you have to. It seemed like it was part of what where this was all going in terms of the the, the arc. Mm-hmm. I feel like somehow you have to. Um, and if you don't get a face-to-face, I think you still have to have a some sort of communication between the two. Right. Whether that's through the Force mm-hmm. or over an intercom. But yeah. you need to have some sort of communication between those two. Even I if it's not like. in real, like, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Which, if that may be what they ended up having to do, because if the footage was limited to what they could do with it in terms of how they could use it, it may be that that, that using the force connection yeah, between the two of them. Leia talking and mm-hmm. Kylo listening, responding somehow, that sort of thing. So I, I definitely think there will be communication between mm-hmm. the two. I don't know if it's possible to do a face-to-face. If, that, if they've if got enough. Just, if they're yeah. just using existing footage. Yeah, I don't know if they've got enough there to make that work. I mean, the only way that would be possible is that they actually had shot that and didn't use it in one of the previous mm-hmm. uh, two films. That'd be the only way I think they, they could actually make that work. But I was really relieved, actually, was my feeling when I heard that there was going to be a General Leia in 9, because I felt like the the biggest hit with uh, not having, other than the, the loss of Carrie Fisher, obviously, being the biggest hit, uh, but just not having um, Leia mm-hmm. for me was was going to be the biggest hit. Was we weren't we, were not, we weren't going to get that that scene, especially that since you know dating back way back to the the early days of Thunderpop. I was talking mm-hmm. about it where we were speculating that seven was going to be Han's movie, yeah, eight was going to be Luke's movie, exactly. and then nine was going to be Leia's movie, yeah. And I think that's the way they. Looking back now, mm-hmm. I think that's the way it was originally planned. Yeah, that was the way they planned it. So then it was really a big surprise for them or a big hit to them when they weren't going to be able to do that with Nine. And then what do you, whose story does Nine become? Probably Kylo Ren's, if it's I, not I, Leia's. I, I think it's it's definitely leaning towards like a Ray Kylo Ren and their and their and the crossing of their paths and and mm-hmm. the the synchronicities and significance of yeah, that. Yeah, because I I, I want to say nine was probably based on the way eight ends. You were going to see a lot of Leia like rallying yeah. people throughout the galaxy mm-hmm. to join them, and we may still get some of that. Yeah, I mean, they may have had the footage that they're able to make that work. Um, I have confidence that it's not going to be that they they're, they're not going it's not going to be hokey that they're going to make that work um, and and uh, and JJ being able to JJ knows how to put a a and b together and c and and and, and string it together so I think I trust what he mm-hmm. what he said he came up with okay here's another one for you number five will there be a new Dark Lord character introduced in episode nine to kind of take that place of Snoke I think so yeah. I think there's going to be somebody, whether it's the rumblings of a possible emperor, whereas I still think it's going to be like emperor showing up on like a Sith holocron or something. Yeah. Whereas I've heard people talk about like clones and things like that. I don't think it's going to be that. Yeah. But I think it's very possible that there was somebody else behind Snoke. Right. That was manipulating the whole thing. That's still very possible. And even if that's not the case, I still think there's going to be some sort of new dark sword dark lord or dark character sith whether it's a sith or not there's mm-hmm. gonna be somebody yeah yeah to have just that you know there with just kylo ren only um kind of leaves kind of leaves a gap for me even somebody who 
who didn't foresee Kylo taking over for Snoke. Mm-hmm. And then once Kylo takes power, being like, wait, this was not part of the plan. Right. This guy's too unhinged. Right. He's too crazy. He's not going to go by the book. Yeah, to lead us yeah, in the first so order. We need we need to get rid of him. I'm going to come say like, hey, by the way, I was the guy who was behind the guy that you just killed. He had a much level, much more level head. Mm-hmm. You're obviously crazy. Yeah. And cannot lead this group, so I'm going to take the power, that sort of thing. That's where a Dark Lord character could be brought in, and then... Because that's one of the things with any Dark Lord or Sith character, even down to Darth Maul, even though he had all the rage and everything, is deep down, even with all their anger and their hate and everything, Mm -hmm. they were always focused. On what their... Yeah. The eye on the prize and whatever that it was. Kylo is all over the place. Yeah. He can't stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that is his conflict with his... Conflict with the light side. Light side. But also his his personality. Maturity. He's, he, he, yeah. He's, Maturity. He's uh, like Darth Maul, you know, he was able to focus his anger. Like he mm-hmm. had a ton of anger. Yeah. But he was able to focus it. And what, what his revenge was going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Kylo is just all over the place all over the place yeah which makes him a really dynamic character that's why i like him for all he's the a people, flawed flawed yeah. person yeah for all the people who complain well he's too angsty he he needs to grow up like no. he's like i like it it's a really like it took kind of the anakin thing but made it much better no he's been one of my favorite parts of the new trilogy uh, I didn't like a couple of the scenes. I thought the execution of a couple of scenes in Last Jedi with him were misfires, but they weren't his fault uh, in terms of uh, how he portrays the character and how the character is is, is written. Uh, I think it's been one of my favorite um, new things of the new stuff that's in the, the film. All right, number six. Will the Millennium Falcon be destroyed to smithereens, as uh, what's the name oh. would say? Smithereens. In episode nine. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Just it, for for money. Uh-huh. I think that's the one reason, because they did it in the books. Yeah. In the, the old expanded universe, yeah. the, the legends. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can in the movies. It's I think just, there's, there's too much money. It's like... Uh, that, sh- that ship is a character. It's too... Yeah, it's become a character. It'd be like uh, destroying Kit, Knight Rider, mm-hmm. uh, the General Lee, and Dukes of Hazard. The uh, um, go on and on, but there's all these iconic, you know, symbols from their various. The no more Batmobile. Of course, the Batmobile is different because he can have he's I got one. he's got eight more in the closet, like ready to go. But uh, just destroying something that's like the the uh, Long Ranger's horse, like silver. From another era, mm-hmm. that would have been the equivalent of the Millennium Falcon. The the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Well, granted, it's the title of the show, but you can't you can't get rid of those like those vehicles that become characters mm-hmm. because they're so deeply entrenched in the lore. Willie Nelson's guitar trigger. <laughs> That's that would be. I mean, it was in a fire, and they they got it out of the fire of the house that was on fire, and a pound of wheat. Mm-hmm. So, that's the essentials, the important things. All right, so number seven. Well, we see the end of another original trilogy iconic character. Will we see Chewbacca die in episode nine. Uh- 
Chewbacca. Mm, see that? Like, whereas the Millennium Falcon, I was immediately like, no, you can't. Yeah, you're sure on Chewie, that. Chewie. Chewie's tough because I uh-huh. feel like there need there needs to, and I want to say they're probably going to do Leia. Granted, I don't know how. Yeah, and I don't know. They're going to they're going to kill the character yeah. of General Leia in the movie. And, yeah, and it's tougher to do Leia because trying to kill that character off tastefully, right? Um, because especially based on the death of the actor, yeah. that played the Whereas character. Whereas Chewie, you can always go back and put him in prequels you can put him in animated shows yeah he's not he would not be completely done in the cinematic world of star wars or the Mm -hmm. television world of star wars and other things but and i mean i do just close the door on bringing him back in in a future moving in the timeline ahead and i will say when they killed him in the legends books they killed him saving uh ben yeah solo or excuse me, Ben Skywalker. Yeah, and basically which, he saved, which was the Legends equivalent. He, to he a, saved Ben Skywalker, and then he died in the process. Yeah, and you kind of want Chewbacca when he does go. You want him to go a hero, you know, taking the the bullet for a greater cause. Or and you kind of, I, I kind of feel like it would be really powerful because I remember people doing the cartoons after Episode Seven, mm-hmm. where it was like after Han gets killed by Ben. He aims his crossbow at Kylo's head, mm-hmm. but then has like a little memory okay. of them when Ben was a child, and he was like Uncle Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And then so, like when he when he shoots Ben, it was out of sadness, not in the, like I'm not trying to kill you. And then so he he shoots him in the in he the aims, side. aims for the side, yeah, to just show you know, hey, listen, punk. Yeah, yeah, and so I could have done. I, think, I could have done this all the way if I'd wanted to. I think it would have. It would be really powerful if Chewie is part of like a Kylo redemption. Yeah, somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there could be some interesting there, and I felt like his character was just uh, used for comic relief. I think he was, I thought he was actually excellent in eight, except for that one scene where he doesn't get embraced or hugged by General Leia, which even JJ has admitted that that, that was, was wrong. That was a wrong misfire. That was my only. Uh, out of the gate, that was like my only nitpick of that movie. That then I was like, well, um, there was probably a few other things in there, but that one was the the one that immediately, like I, I, the night I saw the film, I was like, what? that one, that was weird. They missed on that one. Uh, but uh, then I thought he was excellent on everything else in in, uh, in episode uh, in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Everything else he did in Force Awakens was great. Last Jedi. He was very funny, but I thought he just became kind of a sidekick, funny character in in, uh, in Last Jedi. Outside of Under, the initial, outside of the initial interaction with Luke, right. where he breaks down the door and Luke asks him where right. Han is. Outside of that, yeah, he didn't really have a lot to do. Yeah, he became kind of a, a little bit of just like let's see. Meanwhile, yeah, the things with the porks. Yeah, let's see the funny bit with Chewbacca with the porks, and that was the and that was some of the funniest stuff in the film. Granted was the Porgs and Chewbacca stuff, but that he just kind of became a funny thing. So it might be time for him to come back to his, where he's back into prominence, because he did have some prominent stuff in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That scene being kind of the, one of the key ones for sure. All right, number eight. Will Lando reference his connection with L337 in episode nine? I kind of... I kind of think they will now that the solo movie is canon. Yeah. We're having Lando come back. Mm-hmm. You got to think at some point he's going to be on the Falcon. He's, yeah. He's going to probably fly the Falcon. 
Yeah, and uh, he he's he's. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna make some way of him referencing mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, my girl L three is still in here. Even if it's just a you small know, little, navi- like you know, still keeping good with the navigation, whatever. Something along those lines, yeah, that that will be there. Number nine, will Kylo Ren face a similar fate as his grandfather and face his death in this finale? And you may have already answered that question, but I think. See, a part of me thinks he could be, he will be redeemed and like Chewbacca is going to save him at mm-hmm. some point from this new Dark Lord. Yeah, something along those lines. And maybe take the bullet instead mm-hmm. or whatever, the fury. And then, or, you know, I don't know, fly something in front of him to like block him from getting killed to try to like. Right. This is his. The Millennium Falcon, maybe. This is his brother, his best friend, his mm-hmm. brother. This is still his kid. Yeah. So even though he's he's not a good person, I'm. This is still my 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 best friend, my brother's kid. Yeah, I'm still gonna like knock it out, and I. Because it's what Han would do. Yeah, uh, I think a part of me feels like he's like ever since seven. I feel like he's been so unredeemable since what he did to Han. Right. That I, I've wanted him to die, but a part of me. Because I like the character so much, mm-hmm. would like to see him continue on. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's gonna die. Yeah, that was to the uh, the contribution. Uh, one of the the things that I liked that Ryan Johnson did in, in Last Jedi was uh, the Kylo losing the helmet, and how that was all done with Snoke, and how he he, he says get that stupid, you know, because then that allowed um, Adam Driver. To give us a little bit more depth mm-hmm. in the character and playing and, and allowed him to use his acting chops a little more to be able to show us that and make that mm-hmm. character somewhat likable and not just this person behind a mask like Darth Vader. Yeah, because there there are points when they're they're having their force conversations where you you really feel for him. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is messed up in the head. Mm-hmm. Deep down, he's he's not horrible. He just has these horrible tendencies. Yeah. So, I would like to see him, not, maybe not redeemed necessarily, but I would like to see him continue on into whenever Disney decides to do a next trilogy. They're going to have to do that. That that navigation of that would have to be done just right because of the fact that he did kill his dad. So, you have to figure out a way for him to redeem himself from that. To be able, if he's to continue on, if that character is to continue on, you'd have to figure out a way to navigate past that. But it would be a, a different. And I'm not even saying like redeem as in come right back to the light side. Right. I'm just saying do something good. Yeah. Because he, he did do something good. Like his growth from seven to eight was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And then he did do something good in killing Snoke. Granted, it was for the wrong reasons. Right. He did help Ray. Even though it was for personal gain, mm-hmm. but I feel like deep down, I mean, there's still something there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Another thing that's still there is the agree or disagree segment. Here we go, and that's coming up right after this for those asses.
Thunder Pop, in association with D's Nuts Productions. Got him. And we're back with the 83rd episode, if I can get it right. Uh, agree or disagree for Johnny Lightfoot. And, Kat, you've got a film podcast now, don't you? You've been working we're, on it. Yeah, we're, we're just doing, it's just a straight up film. All film. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not, we, it's, it's just facts, reviews, mm-hmm. but we're not doing anything um, outside of film. It's yeah. just straight up film straight for up an film. hour mm-hmm. every two weeks uh, called Matinee Talk, and we're, we're everywhere, you know, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, mm-hmm. tune in. And this but is yeah, called it's just Matinee Talk. Matinee Talk. And yeah. We, yep. We just it put it goes up every Wednesday, uh, or every other Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. And yeah, we just it's just a discussion I on mean, film. It's, yeah, it's it's very much like uh, I don't want to say like Siskel and Ebert, but mm-hmm. it's kind of that where it's just two mm-hmm. people talking about recent films. Mm-hmm. And then we do some rankings and stuff like that, but it's... You do a box office breakdown at the beginning of the bo- show, bo- right? Mm-hmm. Every Yeah, basically every two weeks, and then we do a weekend box office breakdown. Mm-hmm. We cover two breaking stories briefly, mm-hmm. and then we have a main topic. Typically, it's centered around a recent film, mm-hmm. and we just discuss film. Yeah, and so if you want to hear it, like a, the modern kind of version of Siskel and Ebert... A, a, you know, Something like that. Yeah, but looser, more relaxed version. They're not sitting in the seats of the theater with the sweaters and the mm-hmm. sports coat on. I don't think you are. are you? No, I mean, when the, our last episode, I, I literally was wearing a Batman onesie. Yeah, it's perfect. And we're, we're just, we've got a, a, a pumpkin spice candle going, and we're just two guys on two mics talking about movies. Movies for an hour. So, yeah, catch it. It's on all major platforms, like you said. And uh, it's Johnny who knows the ins and outs of everything, inside out and outside on film. And so hearing him talk with his his buddy on film for an hour, yeah, it's it's yeah. We 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 don't do like we don't do any uh, TV. We don't do yeah. They anything. don't get into streaming, nope. the Netflix. Like in here, we we throw the net out, you know, kind of far, sometimes too far. But we we get a little bit out of it. But it's just film. No, yeah, theatrical, it, theatrical leases. Yeah, and it's 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 different. Like I I love that. Like I get to come here on Thunder Pop because we it it is so much fun, and we we just have a good time bouncing mm-hmm. off of each other, and we have this great speculation where we can then hopefully in a year mm-hmm. come back and say we yeah. were right about some things because we got to do that a yeah. couple times. Uh, whereas matinee talk, it's it's very like. A, like we have to do it every biweekly because yeah. we're just trying to stay as up to date as possible on what's going on in the theater and in the box. It, yeah, it's all theater. Yep, all movies. And right now, it's a lot of holiday releases, and it's the big thing right now between now and December. And into December, mm-hmm. and so there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about with with the. Uh, and we'll get we'll catch the, actually a little bit of that in this first degree or disagree question. Cool. So, Aquaman. I do, the uh, there's been a, already some early screenings. People that get the mm-hmm. pre-screenings of the film that get to see it, and uh, lucky dogs, the people that get to do this. Uh, so the, there's already been uh, some pre-screenings of Aquaman, and one of the um, quotes from one of the people that screened Aquaman, they said, and this is uh, this was on ComicBook.com. Uh, it was Tatiana Siegel, uh, and she's at Tatiana Siegel twenty seven. She said, just saw Aquaman, which is a whole lot of fun. 
like an afternoon at an aquarium crossed with an MMA match. In a good way, she goes on to say. Hearing that quote, some people on comicbook.com speculated that maybe wondering whether that was a good thing or not, her statement about the film. Uh, what do you think? Hearing that statement, hearing that uh, kind of a little snippet, does that make you more uh, reassured that Aquaman's going to be good, or does that make you a little bit nervous that maybe it's it's going to be a mess? No, it it definitely reaffirms what I had kind of gathered based mm-hmm. on the footage that's out there. Yeah, is that it's it's going to be really pretty. There's going to be some awe and some wonder, but mm-hmm. then there's going to be some really bro battles mm-hmm. where it's going to be you know, barroom brawls. Yeah, I mean, you have pickup trucks. Yeah, you got Jason Momoa in there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, you know, probably riding a sea creature at some point. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's going to be, again, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The, yeah. The trailers and everything look like a lot of fun, and that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, it, I think a lot of people, based on what's going on with the DCU, they, they want to just have a good time at the movies. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to say, oh, well, it's like a Marvel movie. Right. Then, okay, but maybe we need a little bit of that. Well, things are going to, I mean, they've always traveled and been borrowed. I mean, they're... People said that Force Awakens had a little bit of Guardians and Galaxy in it. Well, Guardians and Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy had a lot of Star Wars in it. So it kind of have. And then the thing with DC using the uh, the mid credit scenes where they go back to a scene or something previewing something that was a great idea. And that's something I'd like to see other even other genres of films use mm-hmm. because what it does is it gets people staying in the theaters for the credits, which the credits is kind of an often ignored by the casual moviegoer but it's a very important part of the experience is to mm-hmm. to acknowledge the people everybody that wasn't on screen that worked on the film that had a very important role in making making the film delivered to your screen so it's kind of a cool trick that they came up with as a way to keep people in the theater you know that the and marvel kind of invented that or they mastered mm-hmm. that so dc did it i'm glad dc borrowed it copied it i'm yeah. definitely not dissing on them doing it because it was one of the things that i thought the dc could benefit from that was a marvel thing i mean it, it makes it better for everyone mm-hmm. like when when dc is good and marvel is good that's just better for everyone yeah i mean they do it in all walks of life sports if a particular team is running an offense in a football and it works it becomes trendy and everybody wants to run the same offense if they're doing the wildcat offense that became the thing for a while everybody started running the wildcat then defenses adjusted yeah and they and adjust then, and then they have to go to something else and then some new offense comes into play okay second question for you you being from the youtube world of unboxing mm-hmm. there is now a new movie that is being developed that is going to be kind of the setup for the film is going to be that it was it's about unboxing but it turns into this monster movie it has kind of a spin on it mm. where it turns into a monster movie kind of in the in the same vein as gremlins okay so there'll be this kind of twist uh where this unboxing youtuber ends up kind of getting surprised on one of his unboxings Oh, interesting. So, yeah, from that description and then being a very limited, you know, amount of information you have on it, but kind of the basis of the film, do you see a big hit here? Agree or disagree? Uh, a part of me says yes, because unboxing videos are are really popular across, yeah. like, multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Granted, I, I 
dabbled in it for a little while with like figures yeah and stuff like the that. black series yeah DC. but there 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 are people out there who do unboxings for like hot sauces and yeah there's there's unboxings for everything everything and it like for some they get thousands of views so yeah i think if it's done right and like you said if it has like a little gremlins flair or something mm-hmm. like somebody gets like a, a pos uh, P.O. Box pickup for a mm-hmm. package that they think it's from a fan and then yeah. it ends up being something. I think that would be kind of cool. That could be fun. It could be an interesting uh, little thing. Okay, number three. Getting back into superheroes. A lot of superheroes talk today, especially with uh, the passing of Stan Lee. Captain Marvel is set for a March release. Will it beat the Black Panther's box office numbers? And this is due to the fact that the star power of Brie Larson... And the fact that it is the first female-led Marvel standalone. Do you agree or disagree with that? That it will beat the Black Panther's box office because of those elements? A part of me agrees simply because of the Infinity War after credits where it teases Captain Marvel. Right. So I feel like everybody's like, oh, well, I need to see Captain Marvel before I see Avengers. Because she's going to be super pivotal in the next Avengers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then a part of me disagrees because black panther was such a cultural phenomenon especially yeah. here in the u.s yeah very rarely are those big tentpole superhero movies rarely do they have equal or better dom- uh, domestic box office as worldwide typically yeah. it's like 30 to 40 percent domestic and mm-hmm. then the rest is all worldwide mm-hmm. black panther was like over 50 percent domestic and I think that a lot of that was due to the turnout with the African-American community. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to have the same turnout. with yeah. the Because even Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman is like the like the female superhero. Like mm-hmm. You can't show that logo to most females that are yeah. age like 3 to 80 and them not know what that is or show them a picture of Linda Carter and they don't know who that is. Unless it's in, done in orange and white and then it's the Waterburger yeah. logo. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if... And, you know, female viewers still f- definitely came out to the cinema for Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but not in the same way that the African-American community came out for Black Panther. Yeah. So I... My like cinema brain tells me I don't think it can because I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to get the same kind of turnout Black Panther got. But then the part of me that's like, but the Avengers is so big. Yeah. So I'm really split. I'm going to have to disagree at the end of the day, though. It'll do well, though. It'll mm. do well. Now, here's the thing. They did it. It'll all- make a billion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the... The uh, the Alamo Draft House here locally. I know locally they did it. I don't know if they did it in every city where there's Alamos now. And it's weird. It's crazy. There's Alamos everywhere now. Because mm-hmm. I, I went to. I was in Virginia late summer, and the first thing I see is I step off the plane. I I, I go to this sh- uh, nearby. It's kind of like the Domain Outdoor Shopping Center. And uh, I'm asking people, hey, what is there to do in this area? Is like places to eat. And they said, oh, there's this new thing. It's called the uh, Alamo Draft House. It's da- <laughs> it's where you can sit and eat. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I know, believe me. We've, know. We've, we've had it for a while. Yeah. I know what you're so it's funny. You go to other cities and people do that. Like it's this new thing. It's like there's this whole new thing. And it's like you sit and you can eat and drink while you watch a movie. 
And it's new. And you get assigned, like you have your seats. You have your seat already, so you don't have to worry about finding a seat that you that's a good seat. It's already designated. So people, so people now are really excited in other cities because they're starting to get Alamos, or they have been getting Alamos for a while in other cities, and they're not rebranded. They're they're Mm -hmm. Alamo Draft House. They're still called Alamo Draft House. So yeah, there was an Alamo Draft House, and I saw one in Virginia, and there's a bunch of them now all over the country. Anyway, the point is, Alamo Draft House did an all female screening of Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. in in Austin, and it got caught kind of caught some people. Were offended by that because they couldn't. The men, some men caused a stir up on that because they could not go. They felt like it was sexist to not allow them to go see a screening to deny their business to go see a screening of you know Wonder Woman with with the ladies. They didn't. So I'm I just. Do you think they'll do that with with Cap, with uh, Captain Marvel? Do you think there'll be an all female screening for Captain Marvel? I I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Just because of what happened with that. And I 100% was like, there's nothing wrong with Alamo doing that. They do showings where, like, people bring their dogs. Guess what? If it's a showing where people bring their dogs, Mm -hmm. don't complain that you can't go because you bring a dog. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just the the nature of the thing. And I think it was, like, for Secret Life of Pets or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. They do all these these fun screenings Mm -hmm. and... You know, it's the same thing. If you go to a quote along there, you can't expect it to be a quiet theater. No. Um, that's the thing. And that's the thing with, like, Wonder Woman has been a symbol for generations of women, mm-hmm. for, like, women empowerment and everything. But I, I just don't know if Captain Marvel's a big enough... If it has, if it's had that history, because of like, you, you walk up to most women, you ask them, do you know? You show them Linda Carter, or you show them Wonder yeah. Woman. You know who this is? They say, oh, it's Wonder Woman. It's iconic. If I show them a picture of Captain Marvel, they didn't know. My wife did not know who Captain Marvel was. Yeah, it's a blonde lady in a yeah. jumpsuit. No, she was like, "Who's that? Who's Captain Marvel?" It's like I've never heard of him, but she definitely knew who Wonder Woman was. They could they could expand on their they, they had the all woman screening they could have done like for the bad Santa they could have said you're only allowed the screening if you're a bad Santa yeah and had a theater full of bad Santas just it's like you got to prove that you're a bad Santa yeah. before you can get into the theater you like you, you, your beard needs to be sideways you need to to look like you just you haven't slept in ten days mm-hmm. that whole thing you could have the uh, the bad only bad moms allowed at the they actually did one. Uh, the the one that came out last year, the mm-hmm. the recent the sequel. bad what mom's Christmas or yeah. whatever, they had a, an all women screening for that, and it was like, but it was in like the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. It didn't cause a stir though, like the no, other. No, but it was packed, and they had uh, they had minivan races in the parking lot because to go as part I, of that. I got to the theater right as they had come out, uh-huh. and it was all of these like. Middle-aged Mom. women on like Mad, a Tuesday afternoon. Bad moms. They had just all come out, and it was they were all like they had flocks like, of them. They had like little glow sticks, and mm-hmm. they had like all this little stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they were having a party on a Tuesday. Their little the cups that they had, the long like skinny cups that they carry on cruise ships with like their alcoholic beverages. <laughs> they, they they were all coming out, and I was like, wow, I hope there's some Ubers around. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm not getting on that same road with them. I'm glad I'm driving. Go, I'm glad I'm going into a movie. So they had drunk minivan races in the parking lot after the after the uh, the screening of the film. It was part of the part of the uh, the bad mom screening. Oh wow! So now to close the show 
on this 83rd episode, not 82nd, 83rd episode of the Thunderpop Podcast, Mr. Johnny Lightfoot has some thoughts and advice for you. So we talked a little bit earlier, or a lot of bit, about the passing of Stan Lee a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of thoughts and advice, I'd like to read a quote from Stan Lee. And it goes, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they may go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. And just to translate that to like what we're doing here is this is this is entertainment, you know, whether you're watching movies or TV shows or you're listening to this podcast, it's all entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I like that he was able to, to come out and say that even if, if you're doing something that's just entertainment or you have people that say, well, that's just a dumb comic book or dumb, you know, movie, or why do you watch that sports ball? Like, why do you watch football or basketball? It's entertainment. And mm -hmm. guess what? Like, sp sports, movies, television, comics, books. Ga games. Games, video games, mm -hmm. board games. Mm -hmm. Like, those are all wonderful things that I think a pragmatic person might think otherwise. But I would argue that what we do here on the podcast, what people do making movies and television show, we're, we're bringing entertainment. And entertainment... Like Stan Lee said, you don't know if you're not that person what that entertainment is doing for somebody because there mm -hmm. there are people out there that maybe they're not doctors, maybe they're you know cart wranglers at the HEB, maybe you know they're a shoe salesman, whatever they single are, parents, single parents trying to raise kids. Maybe on their own they're stuff. maybe they're the best part of their day could be a portion of entertainment, mm -hmm. whether that is listening to a podcast in a car, mm -hmm. going to see a movie, watching their favorite TV show on Netflix. So I think entertainment is one of the greatest things in human history. It has caused so much relief and helped so many people. So I would say everybody out there, like just take it in. If you have time, take in the entertainment and just use it as your your way to just escape. It's escapism. It's it's a way to to get creative. Mm -hmm. Maybe you see something and that sparks something in you. So, thoughts and advice for your day: take in entertainment, uh, enjoy it, uh, critique it. There's nothing wrong with critiquing it, but enjoy it and whatever your entertainment is, whether it's sports, movies, TV, board games, games, whatever. Take it in, enjoy it, enjoy life, listen to Stan Lee. He knows what he's talking about. That's you know, that's part of the the currency of entertainment is the not just enjoying it and complimenting it and feeling elated with the joy that you get from it, but the critiquing of it it's constructive. That's 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 a uh, currency in that in itself that you you did something that that moved someone or or got a reaction right. out of someone. And it, it allows people uh, whether they have the same feeling about something or not. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Now you're having human interaction, mm -hmm. and you're 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 forming opinions, and yeah. it's constructive. But yeah. had that piece of art, that entertainment, not been there, then those same. Two people or 40 people, 100 people, 
don't have that same conversation. And I think social media could learn a lot from that because a lot of times it does become just yelling matches. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that constructive feedback where people are just having conversations like, you didn't like it. That's cool. This is why I liked it. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. I don't like everything I see. I definitely don't. No, and that's that's an extension on the actual experience of going to see something is that then to be able to talk about it later with your friends and and, and having a debate over on it. Right. And then you're getting you're getting more mileage out of that. And I and I also have appreciation even for movies that I despise or I just really don't like. Guess what? It took many human beings time and effort to yeah. put that together. Yeah. And I'm never going to say like those people suck because I yeah. don't like a movie. Like those people put their sweat, their time, like everything. They, into they don't it. suck. They actually are. It's it's the work goes into that. Yeah. It's the same reason. I, they might have made some bad decisions yeah, on yeah. on a script or a story or. It's the same reason. The shots weren't what I was hoping I, for. I don't put my cart on the grass in the HEB parking lot because I know what those cart crawlers go through. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I'm never going to poo-poo on somebody's work. I might not like it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say like like they 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 did a, a horrible job. I might say like there's some bad choices. Yeah. But mm-hmm. and then you would even offer, "Well, I would have gone more this yeah. route. This is what I think they would have fixed that." I can mm-hmm. still appreciate that. Guess what? For that hour and a half, 2 hours, whatever, mm-hmm. you gave me something. Yeah. Your work was not unfounded because it gave me something you know someone i think one person that's gotten more benefit out of criticism a good example of someone that's actually benefited from criticism and and rolled with the punches and made maybe adjustments in future work going forward was sylvester stallone yeah they used to i mean just he used to get bashed by critics in in the back in the 80s for uh for some of his work and you know he was oh, just yo just grunts he couldn't do anything beyond just a grunt or you know he wasn't a real actor because he all he'd do is like same five lines and like yo adrian or whatever but he i mean he later he makes copland mm-hmm. which he got him a lot of critical praise he made kind of brought the rocky series back to a more gritty kind of more story driven with rocky balboa and then he does creed which added this whole new depth and layer to the story. Of course, he didn't do that all by himself, but that to me is someone who kind of listened to criticism and said, well, hey, oh yeah, well, I'll show you what else I can do. And he's, he's done that. I kind of respect him for that. I kind of see how he, how he was able to, you know, a new example of a, of a series that made a bad sequel, but then rebounded outside of Rocky is The Karate Kid. Yeah. Because a lot of people would have said, oh, well, three, Karate Kid 3. Killed it. Killed it, and then they made the next Karate Kid, which was intended to be a reboot. A lot of people didn't like the next Karate Kid, and they thought that was really just killing it even more. But then they come out years later with this Cobra Kai. brilliant show, Cobra Kai, which validates my theory that you can make a bad sequel, and then you can make a good sequel after a bad sequel and completely rebound and redeem a series. Mm-hmm. So for the, uh, the Sex and the Cities of the World... That had bad sequels after good se- good movie. You still have time, and you could still maybe you know rebound and mm-hmm. and um, some would say for Star Wars as well, The Last Jedi. Some people think that's a bad sequel. I definitely criticized it, but I think you can make a really good Episode Nine mm-hmm. that everybody's going to agree on that they love. I think it's possible. I don't know if they're going to do that. It's with the Star Wars audience. It's a little bit. 
polarizing sometimes. Um, but anyway, quick thing on Stan Lee. Do they keep him, his cameos, going forward in future Marvel movies, not counting the ones he's he had filmed before he died? I think what you'll see is you'll do you'll see more stuff like Deadpool two where it's like a photo, yeah, or something along those lines. His presence is going to be continued to be acknowledged and somehow show up. They're not going to do anything though, like like CGI they, no, a cameo no, into the no, film. No, no, no it'd be no. a bit much. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do some. But that's the, there's a lot of creative things they can do. You'll have somebody say Excelsior or something. Uh huh. Something like, you know, he's on a billboard. He's on a, a box of cereal. He's a picture of him. Mm-hmm. Drawing, maybe. Um, so I think that that's going to be kind of cool. As we'll get to see, still get to see how they creatively figure out a way to, to spot it, put him in there. Is he the type of person that they'll do a movie about Stanley? Oh, Years I think, from now? I, I, I think so. Yeah. I think they, they would definitely do a biopic yeah. on Stanley just because of his, his cultural relevance. Yeah. Uh, in in entertainment space, yeah, does he get a little bit too much credit? Does he need sometimes that some of that credit for what he did need to be shared a little bit with like Jack Kirby and the, other people? The thing is, is their personalities were so different. Mm-hmm. Like Stan Lee was always the guy out there mm-hmm. shaking everybody's hand, yeah. taking pictures with everybody, mm-hmm. hu- you know, hugging babies. He was the personality, and then also Jack was the guy that left Marvel mm-hmm. to go to DC yeah. and start creating his own stuff. Yeah. And Stan, he just stuck with it. Stuck and with Marvel. Even when the company was tanking and and probably go to go out of business, he stuck with it. He was there through the good times and the bad. And he was that guy where no matter who walked up to him, whether they were celebrity or Joe Schmo off the street, and they said, oh, hey, Stan Lee, mm-hmm. he would say, oh, nice to meet you, like, yeah, a picture sign whatever. He was the man for the man it, of the people. It was, it was almost to a fault towards the end of his yeah. life because there were all those managers taking advantage of him, right? You know, having him sign for like four hours. And- yeah, there was reports of him being at a convention, and there were people that had reported, like fans that reported that they were a little concerned about him and how he, he was, was being, being pushed, treated. Yeah. and and uh, Kevin Smith even came out and said, That's "Stan, right. if you need, like, I'm more than willing to open up my house to you." Poor guy, yeah. He was a little bit like sometimes just like, taking advantage, of taking advantage his, of it. His his good nature, yeah, got the better of him mm-hmm. in his old age. Yeah, yeah, that happens sometimes. Is is the not being able to say no, and then some people sometimes come in and start to take advantage of him. Uh, the legend, the myth, the man that will uh, will always be alive in our memories, Stanley, and and his work will continue on forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, l- literally forever. I mean, it's like Disney, Walt Disney. It's like Disney. It's like Tolkien. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just going to continue on and on. I mean, I my granted. It, that's funny because until the last fifteen years, mm-hmm. he didn't have the same relevance. I think now he yeah. is considered like up there with like a Tolkien, or, wow. yeah, or, or somebody like that, or Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Hitchcock, he was, he was the one. He was a creator, but mm-hmm. for the longest time, those were just considered kids things yeah and then over the last 15 to 20 years it's got relevance and so yeah. now i feel like and it's sad that it took na- till now but now right he's held in in that same conversation yeah, for that, to be at that level to his where his work kind of transcended and it crossed over so yeah. much 
crust out. I mean, there's soccer moms now that they can't wait like until the next Avengers movie comes out. Mm-hmm. That they're they and they know who Stan Lee is as a result of his cameos in those films and and uh, so he's it's crossed over. I mean, it did take a while. It was it was a, some some couple of good TV shows and a couple of bad ill-advised TV shows that were adaptions from the comic books and then a couple of movies that never even made it to release. But then finally it got in the right hands under the Kevin Feigels and the the Disneys of the world that they were able to to uh, cultivate the stories into the Marvel universe that's become a Marvel empire mm-hmm. for for the cinema world. So yeah, like you said, there was kind of a late bloomer in terms in terms of it his his appreciation that he got on a wider scale. Um, and then you like what like 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 kind of what Disney did and some of the things that was created from Disney like to this day like my son. The first thing now that he's he's become a fan of just on his own independently without me trying to influence him into anything was Mickey Mouse. And that mm-hmm. was just because of it. We didn't even get him a Mickey Mouse book or anything. I think it was a family member that got him a Mickey Mouse book. And it's the stupidest like five page story that's that. I mean, he's got be- much better books, but that artwork of that mouse. Mm hmm. It's just something that it just grabs kids attention and they just recognize it and they just. They just think it's the most hilarious thing in the world, and that was created like what in the nineteen thirties. Thirties, and that that whoever created that was created in the nineteen thirties to try to do just that, to where it would be like it would get people's get kids' attention. They would find it amusing, and then they would like it, and it would kind of stick with them. Mm-hmm. And and now, even in two thousand nineteen, almost two thousand nineteen, two thousand eighteen, you know. It still does. It still has that impact. It works. It's so it's work that has held up in terms of what it was originally intended to do mm-hmm. was to be amusing and funny and recognizable. So when I was at Target with him, and I was I was like, I'm gonna let him pick out a shirt, see if he could pick out a, if he wants a shirt. So I was showing him different shirts, and he would like, and then and then when I the Mickey Mouse sweatshirt, he's like, ah, he recognized it right away from that book. So that's kind of like Stan Lee. These characters are going to live on forever. Spider-Man and the Captain Americas and the Black Panthers, Captain Marvels. It's just going to go on forever, forever, mm-hmm. decades. Way beyond our time. Yep. They're still going definitely. to be, the stories are going to be reimagined and they're going to be rebooted many, 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 many more times in different ways. And interactive movies, when they're doing interactive movies eventually, whatever the next thing in cinema is going to be, um, you know, 360 virtual what? Yeah, you know, spider a Spider Man film and three sixty virtual, but it's going to happen in the Marvel universe for sure. Johnny, I cannot thank you enough for joining me and and some killer uh, answers and some uh, content content creation here on this episode. Yeah. Everyone, have a good day, hour, month, second, millisecond. Good night. Later. I lie.
and Thunderpop was a Hit the Bricks production.